Hey, Startup Nation, I am so glad you came back to join us for another edition of The Startup Life. You clearly are ready to get the tools you need to get ahead of the competition. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating while you're here. Now, if you're looking for an ad-free experience, go ahead and sign up for our Patreon page, where you will get exclusive content and access to our digital products that we're beginning to launch. The link is there in the show notes. And if you want to ask questions directly to some of our guests, follow the Startup Life Podcast Club on Clubhouse as some of our conversations will start to happen. Happen there. But back to the task at hand. Are you ready to level up? Of course you are. Get ready as the Startup Life Podcast begins now. It's time to be about that life. The Startup Life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson and this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, we love origin stories. We love people who build themselves up, face adversity, and and come out of it, you know, bigger, badder, and better than ever before. And we have a fantastic guest to kind of share his story and knows all about that. He is a real estate guru in Sola, California, and he's also the author of Getting Back Up, a story of resilience, self-acceptance, and success. He is Harma Hartuni. Harma, how's it going, my man? Thank you. Thanks. All good. Thanks for having me. Oh, no worries. More. No worries. It's, it's such a pleasure to have you uh, on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, so bef- kind of before we get started, man, you know, we've been kind of going through this pandemic over the past year uh, and stuff like that. I've been asking a lot of my guests, you know, what are some lessons that you've learned over the past year, 13 months, uh, whether it be either professor- professionally or personal? Well, it's been an interesting ride for so many people, as you know, if this is the first time i experienced something that has affected everyone it's not just one aspect or one industry right um I'm, and this happened the first 30 days i literally thought i will have to shut down a couple of my offices right. or consolidate and then if you ask me three months then three months later the market will be so hot for you and you'll be busy i would have said absolutely not and I've been in the business 20 years and mm-hmm. the market has been extremely unbelievable, hot. Any, I always joke that any agent who doesn't know what they're doing, if they get to sell a home overnight, you know, that's a hot market. Right. And it's been like that. Um, but overall, other industries, as you know, they've got affected so fast. And I learned so much because my, my partner works for Disney and right. he, his job is very different than mine. Mm-hmm. And he's been affected. You can only imagine how much, right? Right. And while he was so busy before, looking at that, I like seeing my business flourishing and seeing someone else's industry not moving. So right. overall, I would say I'm happy for my business, but I wouldn't call it happy for. Um, I'm not satisfied with what's happening overall. I learned sure. a lot. Personal, I will say that. I worked so much. I didn't pay attention to go home on time and be with my kids mm-hmm. and have that time. Um, I'm, I'm a you know workaholic. Um, a lot of people that they run their business, um, especially successfully for years, right? You have to pay attention. You sacrifice a lot, of and course. I learned that no matter what, going forward, I'm home at six to have my dinner with them. I hear that. I just didn't realize it, to be honest. So thanks to COVID, that's something positive came in my life. And in business, 
I didn't, I'm very proud to say I did not lay off anyone. I did not furlough anyone. I did not. Say that again. I was saying that's awesome. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying that's awesome. uh, Yeah. I I, I thought we got disconnected. I'm very proud of that, but uh, it was a scary moment. And I was reading an article that said that one of the number one toughest job for successful CEOs is to make the tough decisions and be make it very fast. Right. So that was one of the decisions that I am not going to lay off. That was it. It was not like lingering weeks over weeks. What do I do? It was like, I'm not going to. So then what happened, the lesson was there that I had to learn, okay, if I'm not going to, what is I'm going to do to survive? Hmm. So um, I moved very fast. And if you read the book, it's all about how the things I've gone through in life. It has taught me to have a five minutes funeral of something bad and move on and don't get hung up on something so long. And that really helped me. The lesson was like, move on very fast, make a decision fast, be decisive. The tough decisions are for the leaders, not every, anyone else. And um uh, and there's many more, but I will say if I have to do some one, that will be it. For sure. For sure. No, I, I, I appreciate that. And you said a lot there. One of the things I wanted to kind of follow up on, you, you talked about uh, that six o'clock dinner, you know, with your family and stuff like that. I think, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people have been uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, I guess being reminded uh, that family time is important and stuff like that. And a lot of people have been talking about reconnecting with family uh, over this past year and stuff like that. Uh, I, one of them uh, as well. So I appreciate that transparency, Harma, for sure. Of course. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, you know, and, and you talked about the book. And once again, started mentioning that book is Getting Back Up, a story of resilience, self-acceptance and success. And that book is available right now. Startup Nation. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access. If you listen to the replay on the podcast, I definitely harm. I want to ask you about the five minute funeral. I want to dive into that a little bit more uh, for sure. Uh, but kind of talk about what made you write this book, man. You wrote this fantastic book uh, that a lot of people can not only relate to, uh, but also, you know, get inspired from. Talk about why you wrote the book. I have gone through some difficult, challenging experiences that has shaped who I am today. Absolutely. And I think everyone has that done, gone through something, right? But, and I don't think any kid should ever go through it. I hope never in the world, but, you know, right. it, it does happen. Right. And when we decided to have kids, I thought maybe I write down the things happen knowing this isn't, these are the things will never happen to them. So when they grow up, I can share with them. So as I start writing the lessons, because I buried all of this bad stuff of my past and I didn't want to be reminded. I work very hard with coaches and the therapy and self-development to just not talk about it. I had to go back and visit this so the lessons, as I was like writing, trying to wrap it as a lesson, my partner said, you should make this a book. Mm. And I was like, I'm not an author. What are you talking about? I, right. I can't. They go. And so basically started letters to my kids. And then three year, and a half years later, it turned out to be a book. Wow. Wow. No. And, and you talk and you talk about. Uh, an amazing story, an interesting story, and uh, and some of those facets, and uh, and you you dive deep, man. You you really you talk about some of the the uh, the uh, sexual trauma, 
you know, as a kid and stuff like that from people who were like kind of trusted and stuff like to, you know, trusted and stuff like that. But also you talk about this crash that was very uh, pivotal uh, in your story. Talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. I was, um, so I was born in LA, but I was 30 days old, moved to Iran. And at age of 18, I was driving down from a, event i dropped off my friend in a mm-hmm. narrow road off up on the hills right and i hit a car i came out of a car nothing happened to me and another car hit me while i was waiting for the police to get there mm. from the back and broke my both legs and i couldn't walk i was told i will never walk in a year of recovery and multiple surgeries when i was able to walk and then i moved back to the United States, the LA. And I said, I'm never going back. Right. And I think the part of the book talks about that, that it's, you know, every human gets, I, I believe it gets two lives is one that they're born into and one they realize they live in. And I, if that accident didn't happen, I would have been um, closeted following my dad's footstep, marrying a woman, being, being unhappy, having most probably unfaithful life there and doing everything I don't like to do and being stuck in a third world country as a Christian. I mean, like, I mean, I can go on Absolutely. What a, how, what a life I would have had not knowing I could be happier. That's the other thing. I wouldn't know this and that accident with the pain and everything I've gone through and look at what I have now. And, um, and that's what the book is to just show that you can go through trauma and you can hung, hang out, keep it up and talk about it over and over and hang up to that, or just put it in a behind you and move forward and create a new chapter. And you can't forget what happened, but you can't deny it. But what are you going to do with it? That's the key. And it took a lot for me to just be a new person. And I had that opportunity with an accident to become like a rebirth basically. Right. Right. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Star Nation, I want to read a quote from uh, uh, the book here. Quote, if you have experienced trauma, consider what power you can extract from it. Isolate that power and use it as a strength End quote. And it just kind of resonate with what you were just saying uh, just now, because look, man, we have a lot of people out there who are dealing with trauma, dealing with mental health issues uh, and stuff like that. A lot of people who who, who have been talking about uh, you know, abuse as a kid in a myriad of ways, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, where do you find the strength, man? Because there are a lot of people who say like, you know, this book is inspirational and stuff like that, but I haven't experienced anything on that level. You know what I mean? So why do I need to, you know, find this, you know, this grit or whatever, I guess what I'm asking is where do you find that strength? Where does that come from? Very good question. I technically didn't have an option to fair enough fair enough to have you know what i mean yeah, to have absolutely. another pat i didn't have anyone to say okay i know what happened to you yesterday i'm here for you don't right. worry right i didn't have it's like going to an island and then they they send you with the ship and then burn the ship and you're that's it Either <laughs> right. build a new ship or build a new house i had no choice in every chapter of my life i didn't have a choice so that i developed that behavior that earlier i said is like Five minutes funeral, move on because 
I can't go back to it. My leg broke. What do you want me to do? Right. This doctor did that. What do you want me to do? And um, and, and ongoing, anything that happened to me, uh, it just, I couldn't go back. I couldn't tell anyone. Um, no one would, I, I was scared. I was young. And then, or, or even here, anything happens here. And now I'm, 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 I'm actually very grateful that I developed this move on fast. Right. Right. No, I, I definitely understand that. And I'm glad that your story can be that inspiration uh, for somebody else. And once again, Stoddard Nation, we're talking to Harma, Harma, Harma Hartuni, the author of Getting Back Up, a story of resilience, self-acceptance and success with the Entertainment Weekly saying that this is a must read book, uh, Stoddard Nation. I would have to agree with them. Once again, that book is available uh, right now. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on the podcast and you talk about you know your partner uh your husband who you know works at disney and stuff like that we're going to talk about that a little bit later uh but kind of talk about you know you know being from uh you know uh you know uh from you know uh, uh you know going to iran and stuff like that being christian being in the lbgt community and stuff like that that i think what this book really talks to as well is like honestly not only overcoming uh you know bad experiences and adversity and stuff like that but also just walking your own path you know what i mean like you know like not being afraid to be who you are uh, and honestly just you know walk to the beat of your own drum kind of talk about that a little bit harma well, I can tell you 20 years ago was very different than today. Of course, and, of course. Right. So we are mm. very, I mean, people forget that how much has changed. Right. You know, I moved here and I was, remember my grandmother was watching Three's Companies and I couldn't speak English and she was laughing and was like, oh, the guy is gay in that show, mm. but he's not in real life. Mm. And she would laugh. And then, and it was very bad. And I was like, okay. And it was such a big deal. And today you have so many different characters in different movies and very different. So I, I it's back home was very scary because I, I didn't know. I didn't know that I just thought something is wrong with me. I thought something is wrong to be attracted to same sex and right. that's it. And I didn't know that in somewhere else you can be who you are. And it, it, I remember when I had the courage to tell my mom, and she was having, if you read the book, you'd be like, oh my God, it's like right, <laughs> right. The drama that I went through. And, and she, I was like, why is she not accepting me? And I, a therapist told me, goes like, it took you 21 years to accept yourself. Right. Why do you expect your mom in 20 minutes to be okay with you? That's fair. And, and I realized that I had to become selfish love myself because in my culture when it's about you and you don't care what people will think right you're all selfish so i had to do that and then give people time to come back around and some people won't and some people will take longer and some people you'd be surprised how many of them will be right there and you will be surprised and it's not about just being gay or straight or you know in my culture of you course. don't get divorced and when my mom was going through the process everybody was like questioning her. And then uh, some other family members were like, absolutely. You've been in a, an abusive relationship. You should. And the thing is like, whatever you're going through, you'll be surprised who will step up and be there for you. You just have to find that and have the courage to say it. But the number one is if you, ca if you need help, you cannot help anyone else. So you got to be um, again, 
selfish, take care of yourself, love yourself. And I struggled with that. I couldn't put myself first at all. I just didn't even have the courage to do that. For sure. You know, I, I'm actually glad you said that about the part about being selfish, because I think a lot of times selfish has like a negative connotation and rightfully so. Right. But sometimes you have to be selfish and, and love yourself and accept yourself and understand yourself and, uh, and stuff like that. Because one of the things that, you know, we talk about here, uh, on this show, we, t- we talk about, uh, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of the business. You can't take care of the customers. Uh, and, and that's rightfully so. And I'm pretty sure you, under, you know, you, uh, share that sentiment as well in business, but on a personal level, you know, if you're not being selfish to that regard and, and, and love yourself, you can't take care. I imagine you can't take care of your husband properly. You can't take yeah. care of your kids properly. You can't take care of other people, uh, properly. And so I, I think, we all need to be just a little bit more selfish in context, of course. Uh, but, you know, but I, I definitely understand that and I appreciate you saying that because that's that's very powerful that not a lot of people talk about, Harma. Yep. And I, I'm glad. Yeah, because selfish doesn't mean take it from others. Exactly. Or don't care. Selfish is like when you are in need and you're still helping others and you're cracking and you're not actually helping. And I, I'm in a position right now that it's it's all quiet i don't advertise it but i help so many people because i can i want to it doesn't affect my life but right. if i didn't get back on my own fate and be who i am i th- these people around me wouldn't have what they have now because i would not be able to do it so just take a moment change their environment and you said something earlier you said how do you um have that ability to do sometimes it's like the environment it's gotcha. you know it you got to change the people. Um, and again, they will call you selfish. They're like, oh, you know, I had moments that people say money changed them. And I just, I was happy to write a check and help them with their needs. Right. But I realized that I'm not growing as a human as I have nothing to learn. And, or they were so negative or my philosophy in life, or it comes to even from politics to health to whatever it is it was just not the same and at one point when everything is you're thinking positive i meditate every morning and this person is texting and crying about something it's like i i can't have that affect my life and then guess what i was selfish again right right now thank you for sharing that and again another reason why i love uh, your story and your book started mention you got to get this book you know once again that link is in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on the podcast, it, it just goes to show your story. Uh, it just goes to show because my wife is writing a book. It's called Activating Kids Superpowers. And it's talking about trauma as kids and and think and saying that like how every kid that has a quote unquote uh, you know, uh behavior problem in the classroom and stuff like that, they have they're experiencing something. But all of those kids who experience trauma a lot of times, they're they're you know, they're active. You know, we're, we're trying to get them to activate their superpower. How many superpower superheroes, you know, always have like an origin story of some type of trauma or adversity and stuff like that. And they become their best selves. And, and you have exemplified that you're appealing your community, successful entrepreneur and, and stuff like that, man. So, you know, I again, I just want to say I, I really appreciate this book for that very reason. Thank you. Yes, it's um, um, everyone has a story. Some people don't want to share. Some people don't get to share. Right. And some people's story cannot meet. And so I was coaching a few people when COVID uh, tours before COVID 
um, when was this? Like June, July. So it was pretty depressing time. Yeah. And I said, you know, let's do an exercise. There were like 400 people on the Zoom. I said, what about we write down five things we have? Mm. And and then they start writing. On the third one, they, I you looking at their faces. I was clicking, trying to see everyone's faces as much as possible. And there were... They were like smiling and looking down. And then the fourth one, the fifth one, and the just the energy changed in four minutes. And I said, so they're good stuff you have, right? They're right. like, yeah. I said, we have a choice also to continue the exercise and write five things we don't have and how bad it is, right? Mm -hmm. But what about we don't write it? So we don't focus on it because what you focus on it expands. So let's just not do it. So let's keep it just thinking about what we have and be grateful for that. Until we all come out of this, because you're not the only one going through this. This is the, the most beautiful part of COVID is like, you can't see it just happened to you. It right. happened to everyone. Absolutely. So how do we all get out of it? And um, and that was uh, the one of the things that I changed my vision board to. I, it was always like what I want. And I start changing it because I, I do the vision board annually. I start writing the things I have as I'm going through what I want to achieve this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I, I definitely uh, understand that, you know, and, and I appreciate that uh, as well. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, just kind of transition here uh, just a little bit is because, like you said, you, you've taken, you know, that adversity and you've become this superhero and you have this superpower and you, you know, you've channeled that in a myriad of ways, but also in business. You have a very successful uh, real estate, uh, you know, venture that you have and stuff like that and started making, I believe, in 2019. He reached the, the billion dollar in sales mark, which is not easy. Uh, and what I imagine is a very competitive South California uh, market uh, as well. Kind of talk about, you know, your, your business and, and, and how you've been able to uh, not only you know, uh, do well, but also do well in a, such a competitive market. Yes, you know, despite COVID, we even in 2020, we hit 1.2 nice. billion as an office. And it, it's not about hitting it once. It's about always being on top. Gotcha. And definitely none of this would have happened if it was not so many small steps to the right direction. Gotcha. It's not overnight. We have around 400 agents. And, and if you are in real estate, I, I will say in, in every business, it's an 80-20 rule. The 20% will carry the weight. It's just, I think 80-20 rule, it applies to every business. But then right. the bottom line is that it's, we doubled down when COVID hit. Got it. Some other real estate offices, they, they, they I, I can name many of them that they let go, their managers, team leaders, they negotiated, they at least they consolidated immediately. I, as I said, I decided to say, if I'm not going to, lay off anyone, what do we need to do to grow? It was increased productivity, increased recruiting, and then make sure retention happened. Mm. So those three things, I call it CPR. Literally, it's cost, productivity, and recruiting. Gotcha. And so we uh, and that happened four years ago also because I thought we're going to have a recession and we're going to have a foreclosures because I had experienced that in 2006. I said, right. oh, no. If this is happens, I am not laying off anyone. I am not downsizing. I need to survive that market. So what I did, I brought the cost down. I um, 
I splitted the positions. I incorporated things like in from social media to things that we didn't offer to our agents. I mm-hmm. incorporated and hired the skill set people to do that. Instead of hiring six more people, I hired one with that angle and hoping that I will be ready. And then then market was still good. It was still good. I was like, okay, well, I've been lying to these people saying we might have this experience and it's not happening. And then COVID hit. And I almost like felt that it, although I never knew about anything like this can happen, I was prepared. So our cost was very low and our volume was just increasing. And um, and I learned because I failed when I was a successful agent in 2007, mm-hmm. six, seven, I made $740,000 and I was so broke. I had no money and I was so behind on my taxes. I promised myself, I said, I don't know how to keep my money. I just know how to make it. Gotcha. So, and that was the moment I decided that this is not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. And gotcha. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you this because that that's very important because we have a lot of entrepreneurs out there who know how to make money, but they don't know how to keep it. So what would some be some of those tips to kind of help keep that money? Because you know, obviously we gotta obviously we gotta pay Uncle Sam. He's gotta get his cut. It is what it is. Uh, but how do you not only you know make that money, but also be able to keep all, as much as you can? What were some of those tips and tricks? Well, number one, don't make any emotional decisions because the moment Fair enough, you know, absolutely, the, yeah, that's um, one. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to not make emotional decisions, you have to have a budget. Which, by the way. I, I sound like maybe so like cool here that I know I follow. I hate it. I gotcha. hate having budget. I hate watching it, but I'm not good at it, but I do it. You right. know, it's like, you know, you want to lean up and you just have to have a chicken breast and salad with no dressing. You lean up. I hate it. It doesn't mean I want to eat it every day, right. but that's in my business. I know I cannot run a business without the budget. I didn't have it for a while. Last 12 years is religiously I'm on it. Uh, so my budget is where my emotion cannot interfere, meaning I cannot decide to just like, you know, what, let's paint the walls, the office. Let's, I want to change new art. Like those are nonsense. Like that doesn't increase the business. And um, I can't hire someone. If the budget for salary of administrative is 16000 let's just say for one office, and I already have that, I cannot increase the sixteen to nineteen by hiring another person for 3000 a month. I just can't. Because there's no budget for it. Um, And so that's number two is the budget to have that in place. Number three is um, I'm very good in making uh, my, my people have been with me a long time. Most of my people, they've been with me 14 years, 11 years. My Mm -hmm. CFO has been with me 10 years. Uh, My broker has been with me 10 years. I mean, a lot of people have been with me very long time, but to do that, you have to be very slow in hiring and and also um, be very fast in dehiring. And then remember, people don't leave for money. They leave their leadership. So I always say, like, you throw money towards the person to stay. I think that's the wrong person to have it to begin with. Right. So um, that hasn't been my motto. I, I tell my staff, I'm like, you know, you make more money if you go across here from the other competitor. They will pay more. And um, I... So I do a lot of retention and trying to keep them happy or making sure they get to their goal. One of my administrative person wanted to purchase a home. And when COVID hit, I said, don't worry, even though 
no one is buying right today. This mm-hmm. is exactly in April. I said, let's go buy a condo for you. And she goes like, are you going to lay me off? I'm like, absolutely not. You're going to have a condo. And we bought it. And today the condo is worth so much more. And, you know, so just focus on what they want. And because I truly believe I don't build my business, they do. Mm-hmm. So if I build them, they can build the business. And um, and again, those are the things I learned from others. These are not, I was not born with this. I just copied others and incorporated in my business. I hear that. I hear that. And I uh, appreciate that for sure. Definitely start a nation. Remember that not make it emotional decisions. Let's be honest. We've all done it, uh, but we probably need to start, you know, not making those or at least limit them in as much uh, as possible. All right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. Check it out, Startup Nation. I know many of you are trying to improve your marketing performance, right? You have your business or your e-commerce store, and you're trying to increase that brand awareness. No worries. I got you. You should listen to the brand new Keep Optimizing podcast. That's optimizing with an S and not a Z. It's a marketing podcast that will provide you with not only the latest tips and advice in the game, but also you will hear from experts in their field when it comes to email marketing, SEO, and more. This is a must-listen-to podcast for my e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's hosted by Chloe Thomas, who is a 15-year marketing expert, best-selling author, and award-winning podcast host. It's already a top-20 marketing podcast in seven countries, so clearly you're going to get amazing value every episode. So as you can see, Stoutermation, you're in good hands with my girl, CT. So listen and subscribe to the Keep Optimizing podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you like to get your favorite podcast. You can also get more information at keepoptimizing.com. The link is there in the show notes. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. Uh, I want to ask you this because one of the things you talk about often, uh, Harma, is, uh, you know, questions or a question you should ask yourself when choosing a business partner. We see a lot of times that, you know, uh, a, a lot of times that can that can make or break a business. We just had on Tom uh, Thomas Eisenman. He's a Harvard business professor who wrote a book about that. And he talked about that very thing about sometimes picking the right uh, the wrong co-founder can really uh, tank a business. So from your standpoint and what you've learned uh, in business, uh, what are some questions you should ask yourself before you go in, into business with a partner or such? Um, a few years ago, I I was going through that process and I came okay. up with a question. And so it's not something that I know all, all along, you know, I had to experience it. Of course. Uh, in of challenging course. Way. And this was that if I'm on a boat and my boat is sinking on, on a kayak and I have my son with me who doesn't know how to swim. And then my business partner is on the left. And then another person, random friend is on the other side and I'm sinking, I'm done. And I have to hand my son to my business partner and who's going to basically the be mentor. Mm-hmm. Will I do that? Mm. And if I'm not going to have my son to be mentored by my business partner, why on earth I want to be in business with this person? Fair enough. 
Fair enough. That's a fantastic metaphor, and it definitely makes sense. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to emphasize that point, oh, but go ahead. That's it, yeah. For sure. No, that, that's a fantastic metaphor because, like like you said, like why would I ha- you know, uh, hand my son over to the business partner if I don't really trust him to do that? So, no, that makes right. complete sense uh, for sure. I, I want to ask you this before we kind of transition because, you know, I, I guess I'm curious, what's happening in the real estate market these days? You know, I, I know here in Tennessee, man, I, I swear, like at least once or twice a week, somebody is calling me and say, hey, you want to sell your house? You want to sell your house? You want to sell your house? So I, yeah. I, you know, I'm curious if that's happening, you know, if it, that's just here or if that's like where you are across the country. I guess I'm just curious, what's your commentary on what's going on in real estate these days? So I believe that you don't have to live in this country for to know too long, uh, too much in about real estate cycles. And every 10 to 12 years, we see some kind of recession. Every mm. 40 years, it's a major recession. Gotcha. So, so following the numbers and the statistics, uh, we should have had a, re, a some kind of challenging market in real estate. Got it. When when something that it that doesn't get that to cycle on time. It is sometimes because of the government. And if you go back, we had a president who was active in real estate. Mm-hmm. And, and because of the re-election, no president, it doesn't matter who, will go through that recession right before the next election, right? So they had to keep it good. I predicted that we will have something right after election, no matter what, because of there are people that they did loan modification when Obama was there and he helped them, but their loan mods are done. They were five years due and they're now due and prices went up and they have equity to sell. So either they have to sell or they need to redo their payments. Hopefully they have a job that mm-hmm. they can pay because they 2% interest rates are not available. However, rates are so low right now. So some will survive. But some, they took another equity out and now they're back to where they were and they can't sell or the loan modification plan they had, it added up to their loan amount. So they're again, they're back to square one, but then COVID hit. So then you cannot foreclose. You can, they don't have to pay if they lost their job. So there's, and then with the new administrators that we have, there's more plan to help and Banks cannot just do what they want. So I predict this will delay what underneath is happening. If you take a zip code in my area or yours Mm -hmm. and you call an agent or a title company, which that's the source you should go to and say last year, a year before, and this year, same time in March, how many notice of defaults, which is foreclosure before foreclosure has been recorded, you will see has increased. So mm-hmm. then you you get a call every week. It's like they want to sell. So the rates are low. People have some money. They're like, I want to buy. We are out of three uh, out of ten three people that I know. Like every ten transactions in California, mm-hmm. three are leaving California. Mm-hmm. So so I I know that this migration will happen. Will change. It will die down. Once the rate goes up a little bit, goes to 4%, which is still pretty low, it will level off. And eventually we will see some correction. I don't think it's going to be what 2006 was, but there are people that have not paid their mortgage. There are people that cannot pay their mortgage. There are people, their jobs are still uncertain and 
eventually banks will have to do something. They can't forgive them for $100,000 back payment. Something has to happen. Right. Right. No, I, I definitely under, understand that, especially over the past year. That's been uh, a, a thing for sure. You know, people having forbearance and stuff like that. So and jobs being uncertain. So that makes complete sense. Uh, once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Harma Hartuni, the author of Give me a second. I just want to make sure I say it right. Getting Back Up, a story of resilience, self-acceptance, and success. And if you want to get that book, Startup Nation, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on a podcast. So, Harm, I want to ask you this because, you know, you talked about your husband, uh, you know, works at, you know, Disney Studios and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you have a successful uh, real estate practice and, and, and things of that nature. So, I imagine just like all married couples who are you know, uh, either in business or whatever the case may be, they have business discussions from time to time, you know, kind of share their doctrines, their insight, or even, even ask each other, uh, for advice. I'm curious about your conversation with your, your husband from the time to time. What are some, some business things or business tactics you guys talk about from time to time? And also really quickly, do you get to watch v- Disney's movies before they come out? Before everybody else does. Yes, I do get to watch them and I don't like them because, <laughs> of, uh, yeah, I don't like to watch them before because it's not complete. Fair enough. He watch them multiple. He has to. And of course. And I, I'm like, I just want to see the complete movie. I understand, you know, we, they're green screens most of the time or, right. or something is like not edited. Or if it's animated, you can only imagine. I have to imagine what's happening. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't want to watch it. I'll just watch it when it, it's all out. I mean, hopefully premieres will be back. It just was my favorite part to get ready, especially if it's a kid's movie to go with them. Of course. But um, yeah, definitely um, I I have the ability, but he's very, we keep our businesses very separate. Okay. We don't talk about the actual business. Of course, of course. That's happening, you know, however, um, he is, I'm very attracted and he's attracted to the fact that we both have something. Gotcha. We are, you know, and I, we early on, we decided we're both work and we're not into like, you stay home. He did tell me like, if you stay home and take care of the kids, I start laughing. Gotcha. I did try for a week. And I, when he got home one day, I, I, by the way, I had someone helping me as well. And after a week, he got home and I said, Hey, by the way, I bought another Keller Williams office. I cannot do this. <laughs> I just can't do this. I admire anyone who stays home, you know, we have three and just, it's exhausting, but our conversation has been always about, uh, we make a lot of times to be alone, to have time. Right. Of course. Yeah. It's our conversation has been about, um, where do you see yourself? Our birthday conversation or anniversaries are about like, where do you see yourself next year? What things like that. And Mm -hmm. he always pushes me for more. He never says why don't you just be satisfied? Never in 18 years has said that. Mm-hmm. I never told him that. Gotcha. And um, so it just it works for us. You know, I know it's not for every couple. Of course. But we, that that thing to push each other, we have, um, I get extremely excited when he appears on something more or they recognize him or he wants more. I, uh, it's nothing. It's like we were on vacation and he had to deal with something. It's never, is like, get off your phone or be here. Like we don't have that. Mm-hmm. We understand what it entails to be where you're at. And I think the understanding we have for each other has helped our family. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you. 
uh, for sharing that. And in that same vein, I, w- I want to ask you this. You know, you, you talk about openly uh, about being a gay man in the book and, and stuff like that. And we're starting to see you know, in the media just kind of stay in that same vein of media and stuff like that. We're starting to see in the media that, you know, more representation of the LBGT community, uh, LBGTQ community and stuff like that moving forward. I guess I'm curious, you know, in being in part of that community, what's what's your commentary on that? How do you feel like that representation uh, is being, you know, how, you know, how's it being, you know, received, taken, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. I just want to get some commentary from you on that, if you don't mind. Well, I'll, I'll divide it to two. I think we're still in a bubble. Okay. I, I live in a bubble. Okay. And if you go a little bit further out, it's not that comfortable. There are countries that we would like to visit. We will not go now. Understood. And there are states that I would not want to take my car and drive through, you know, with my kids. Well, I, I'm, but, a bl- I'm a black man in the South, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I won't exactly. do it. But, so it's still there. It's right. a lot better. But, um, but I, I just... Think what I I remember when seven years ago my office decided to do a baby shower for me. Mm-hmm. I just felt so awkward, and I, I, no one around me ever had kids and openly gay. And they and I had so many people that I thought they will be uncomfortable. They were physically there with a gift, drinking, older straight men and couples and um, different. Uh, culture of I have a very diverse office but I was just shocked how they all showed up right and I was like you know what if I personally change 400 people's mindset about this and so I think the movement is great but I ultimately wish that I will be just treated as a man that achieved something than than a gay man who achieved something exactly exactly no I, I definitely uh, understand that because I think a lot of times me and my wife we were talking about this recently where you know I think a lot of times people feel more comfortable when you're in the box you're a gay man oh you're you you associate with everything that that's all you are to them oh you're a black man okay you're this you're you're associated with everything associated with this you're a mechanic okay so everything I know about you is about mechanics and stuff like that when there's so like nobody's a monolith nobody's just like that one side that we get to see uh, of them so I definitely appreciate what you say uh, about that harmer for sure and I appreciate your transparency in answering that of course yeah I think it's very important to um, I mean, I'm, I said everything I, I have and done has happened. And right. when someone's like, well, I can't believe you were so wonderful. I'm like, okay, what will happen? What's, I mean, I get it. Like it's there now and I get it. I, of course I thought about it, but for now it's like, I'm going to move on. And, and if you, if it helps you to move on, great. If not, and you can't come back to me and just say, you must gone through this challenge or I, you you did this happened to you. It's like I already know that. I already admit it. Right. So I think there's um and by the way, this is actually because of my partner. One day he came home, I was struggling with some and I said, I just don't know how to deal with it. He said, Why don't you run towards your fear? Mm. And I was like, What do you mean? He goes, like, just go to the person. If that's the fear, tell them this is how it is, and l- take it off the table. So something right. shifted for me then. And right. knowing, going forward, if I want something, I don't tell my other staff if I'm having hard time with one or even a client. I just pick up the phone. I'm like, I should not tell Dominic how I feel about him, but I don't have the guts to tell you. So I'll tell everyone else around us 
not you. So I just go to the table and I just do it. And it's much faster, easier. And you'd be surprised how deeper the connection becomes after. For sure. For sure. No, I definitely understand. And I appreciate that. Once again, Startup Nation, we're actually wrapping up with Harma Hartuni, the author of Getting Back Up, a story of resilience, self-acceptance and success. And if you again, I think you should pick up this book, Startup Nation. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access. If you're listening to the replay on the podcast. Look, man, I want to ask you this. My last question, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on the show and providing value and and presenting your book. I really uh, appreciate that. I want to ask you this, man. So let's say, you know, you know, years down the road where you you decide, you know what, I'm ready to hang it up. I just want to go, you know, take, you know, uh, take my partner and just go live on the beach the rest of my days. And I don't want to do any work and stuff like that. Right. Um, You know, and you're at your retirement party and everybody's saying accolades and stuff like that. And your and your kids get up to speak and, and, you know, and and talk about you. And so in that speech and they're given about you and your legacy in your life, what do you hope they say about you? Wow, Dominic, that's an awesome question. I appreciate that. I know it's a big one, but I'm always curious about that. I will say. He lived his life every day as if it was his last, and he prepared for tomorrow. He was, you could always hear the truth from him if you asked him. I won't open my mouth if you don't ask me, but you will get the truth if you ask me. Right. Um, my opinion, I mean, you know, I'd be direct. Of course. And, and the lastly, I would want, I don't, I want to make sure that I won't have the mistakes I made again. So I want to have, I want to have a bunch of mistakes of my life, but I don't want the same mistakes more than once. So if I can, whenever that day is and I'm celebrating and they're saying he has gone through this, but it's not the same thing happened to me every six months, again, every six years, again, I don't have that journey. I have a different journey and they can be proud of that. I want to be that father. I want to be that husband. I want to be that friend to people that I changed their lives. It wasn't just my lives, uh, my life. And um, I, I always, I, I, you said it very positively. I always thought about uh, my funeral. I want to make sure more people show up than anyone. Got you. That's high, but yours sounds a lot better. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. You know, we, we, we live in an era where we, we you know, want to give people their flowers before they leave this earth. And so that's why I like to uh, yeah. ask that question. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that for sure. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. We want to once again thank Harma Hartuni, author of Getting, uh, sorry, I want to make sure I say that correctly. I'm moving between screens here, so I forgive me about that. Getting back up, a story of resilience, self-acceptance, and success. Thank you so much, Harma. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for having me. For sure. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on a show, send us a message. Our contact information is there in the show notes, or feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Go ahead and follow us while you're at it. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and be sure to hit us with that five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. Be sure to check out the show's website and its startup blog, where either I or some of the world's best business minds share content 
that will give you the edge you need in your journey, whether that's the path of entrepreneurship or climbing the corporate ladder. Subscribe to our Patreon to listen to ad-free episodes, exclusive content, and digital products that we are beginning to offer. And if you want to be part of the conversation, join the Startup Life podcast on Clubhouse to have the ability to talk directly to some of our guests. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life.